Good morning. Oh, it's so good to be here this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a long time, but coming into this space and seeing all of you, we have so many great memories from being here. Rohan doesn't remember, but I told him that probably all of you have played with him or held him or something at one point when he was little, and now he's <laughs> this big, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for those of you we haven't met, um, I'm Cheryl Welk, and this is Scott Kim, and we, were, we are members here still, and we um, uh, attended here regularly when we lived here um, until 2016, when we moved back to Korea, South Korea, in Seoul, where we are living now. And um, we are doing a variety of different kinds of work, um, and through the pandemic, which was a very challenging time, we were grateful to be able to connect with all of you um, online and be able to participate and worship together even from a distance. And we really appreciate, especially with the loss of Scott's parents, um, the support and the encouragement that we felt from you. That was, that was really um, a reminder that we're not alone, even in that time. And through the pandemic, our work has changed um, a little bit. Uh, a lot of stuff has gone online. The work that I had been doing with English language teaching and intercultural communication and coaching um, has all gone online as well. And Scott's work um, has uh, went online and is now also going offline. Scott's working with um, um, organizational consulting and helping organizations through conflict that they're experiencing doing coaching and training for that. And so through the pandemic, uh, one idea that came about was to start our own um, consulting uh, organization together. And so we have done that, and it's called Collective Joy Consulting. And um, it, we're still figuring out how things are going with that. <laughs> um, but it's a fun adventure uh, to experiment. Um, and the encouraging thing is that so far we've had a lot of interest, even though we haven't started advertising at all. So that's kind of a, a positive thing. Um, we'll talk more a little bit about our experience with that. But in looking at the scripture from this week, um, oh, the church that we've been attending in, in Korea also sends their greetings. Grace and Peace Church in Namyangju next to Seoul. Mennonite. In Mennonite Church, yeah, they're <laughs> in Mennonite Church as well, a small group. And uh, there we follow the lectionary texts for, mm -hmm. for worship service. And the, and the text for this week struck me talking about the, the treasure and the, the pearl of great value. Um, in, in our experience in working with peace building in South Korea, the, the, the peace building work that's going on there really is something of great value and it's worth investing in. It's, worth, it's like that treasure that's worth going back for. Um, it's, it's exciting to see the many different streams of peace building that are happening in South Korea, even with challenges from uh, more conservative governments or um, challenges of the regional tension in terms of, of uh, with China and the US and Japan and all of these things going on. In the midst of that, there are many people who are still committed to peace and to working for peace from different places. And the, 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 the scripture continues talking about the kingdom being like, um, like this net with all kinds of fishes. And I really feel like that's the peace building work in Korea. It's all kinds of fishes. And sometimes the fishes don't want to get along with each other, just like in Canada. And it's a little bit challenging. And we found that in our, in our work, we've been able to connect with all different kinds of people working for peace who may not have 
been in touch with each other or collaborating together previously. Um, for me personally, one kind of new connection has been with the um, nonviolent communication communities um, in, in Korea. Nonviolent communication is a uh, uh, a way of, of learning about peace building through our way of speaking and interacting with other people. I had come across it in English a number of years ago and I, I thought it something of value, but I hadn't really gotten into it. Honestly, I had a little bit of resistance. It seemed a little kind of superficial and, and maybe a little bit too wishy-washy for what I was interested in. But I had the opportunity to take some courses in Korean last year. And I thought, well, this is good. Language development is always important, and it'll be a chance to network with a different group of people that I haven't had a chance to connect with. And the surprising thing for me was how the, the work itself really filled a gap in what I had been um, working with, with peace education and language education. And the, the practice that I learned in Korean helped me look at it from a very different way. It really um, opened my mind to something that in the past I had kind of seen as, oh, well, they're those kind of fish. I'm not really <laughs> that kind of fish. Um, and through that, there's been all kinds of interesting um, opportunities and invitations to participate with um, other practitioners who are working with communication and integrating this into language education more. And it, it, there's a lot of um, potential for continued networking and interaction and learning from each other. And so I'm very excited about that kind of um, unintentional, <laughs> unintentional connection um, through this community there. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was also a very challenging time, but also lots of help from other people, especially church, Wild the Church, and then our home church is really helpful to go through the, during the pandemic. And then while we starting our small uh, new business we call social enterprise, and then I connect with some uh, international group. And then last June, uh, I brought the Mongolian chocolate here. <laughs> so last June I have a chance to visit Mongolia and then have it in some civil society meeting. And Mongolia was a small country, 300 million, three, three million, three million population, nine million livestock. It's a very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then wherever you expecting the cow can interrupt your way and carefully wait, waiting. And amazing horse rider is it everywhere. Uh, but in 1994, they declared nuclear free state for their own survival because they, Mongolia is between China and Russia. So they declare nuclear free zone for their survival. But while during the Ukraine-Russian war, this nuclear weapon issue is really big and every the worldwide concern about it. So they think it's this Mongolian way to many countries declare nuclear free, then it is less worry about that issue. So they have now global attention how to solving those issue. And for our group, civil society, we call Ulaanbaatar process. So many civil society people from Northeast Asia come together, talk about, about how we can do our own country or between the country to 
uh, nuclear-free or not war solution. In that sense, I met many people I usually not meet as a friend. Usually in my work group, like relatively progress and they wanted to peace. So we, we usually thinking, uh, in my perspective, in my country, conservative is a political opponent. But in order to achieving nuclear free or not war solution, we need to talk with the conservative. So in that civil society group, many conservatives come together we talk like day and night about their, what their perspective, what their political ideas. And I personally met one of the Taiwan conservative, the political leader, and then we become a best friend. <laughs> it was very interesting. And then after I learned, if we seeking long-term peace process, those people should be my friend. During the pandemic, during the COVID-19, many community, many workplace, many country build a wall because they, we wanted to save, save space. And then that wall has been torn down. We are very separate and then we are easily getting to misunderstanding and war, even our neighbors. And then Right now, I think the best way to building peace is make a space, simple space, for just reconnecting and talking with not my neighbor or not my backyard people or different opinion people. Feel like it's we feel repeating what I, what we doing as a Christian or as a peace builder whole year long, but right now that is really necessary because everyone have pain during the COVID and loss and trauma. And simply, we have a space where we can share, we become a reconnect each other again. Yeah, so these are some of the unique opportunities we've had on a regular basis. Um, the people that we are working with are usually people who are also working for peace building, who are part of a more progressive kind of way of thinking. But we're realizing that peace building in Korea is happening in every area and the possibility of working together and collaborating even across all of these differences is really something of value and something worth our time and effort as well. So we're hoping that we can also continue connecting um, more in, uh, with all of you and with um, the Mennonite Church in Canada. I think something now that after the, the pandemic we've realized that we can connect digitally but also face-to-face -face connection is really precious. <laughs> and so we're hoping that we can continue those kinds of connections and keep learning from each other and creating um, opportunities to, to see this work of value that's going on, this peace building work, and to learn what that might look like in different contexts. Um, so after, we, after Wednesday, uh, we, Wednesday we are gonna go back to South Korea in the morning, early morning flight. We have a couple days at home. And then together we are going back to Mongolia. <laughs> and in Mongolia this year, the Northeast Asia Regional Peacebuilding Institute is being held 
again in person, and that hasn't been held in person since 2019, so we're very excited about that. Scott and I will each be facilitating a course, and people from across Northeast Asia will be coming as participants. We have a diverse range, again, progressive to conservative, peace builders, people who are just beginning to look at peace as a, as a possibility, people who focus on language and education, people who focus on organizations, all different backgrounds are coming mm -hmm. together to talk and learn together about what peace building looks like in Northeast Asia and to strengthen and reconnect this, these mm -hmm. relationships again and in that physical space. And especially this year, Mennonite Central Committee and also Quaker, AFSC will join the effort to support and then sending people to mm -hmm. this program. Right. So we have, um, uh, we ask for your continued prayers and thoughts as we're engaged in all of this kind of work and ministry. And um, we also um, wonder what uh, it looks like to, to cast that wide net in, in this context and what that could be for our learning and together as well. So thank you so much. And we want to have uh, more conversation when you have questions and things like that. We can talk more after, after the service. Thank you.